Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. So many wonderful things. We want to congratulate Patricia B. Being a, the one of the representatives that will go forward in the school board and what the Lord's doing there. We, I know she worked really hard and many of you worked hard with her. We want to celebrate victory there. Bruce worked really hard. Hey, Bruce. Hey, God. Thank you. All those that have been praying and standing in the gap, so praise the Lord. Uh, just a couple of uh, housekeeping announcements. Thursday night, uh, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, don't forget, training for evangelism. I may, is uh, Andrew here? There's Andrew. I may put you on the spot about the, the two guys that got led to the Lord in Walmart. I may have you share that, since that's kind of a recap of, uh, of the salvation model. And, um, and then uh, I've asked... Uh, Doug, I think, to share something that came out of a healing anointing. So I just want to, so Thursday night, 6 o'clock for evangelism training uh, with uh, Saturate. And then Friday night, 6 o'clock, come. Man, it's just been incredible, right? It's just been so incredible. So we're so excited about what the Lord's doing. And um, he's lighting fires. I heard from my pastor friend, Pastor Russ and Kim uh, Honeycutt from Whiteville that uh, when the Saturate team was there Sunday, it was like, yay. I think he texted me at 6 o'clock and 5, just before 6 o'clock in the evening. He says, I'm just getting home from the morning service. I think we had 45 baptisms, marriages, healings, and yeah. So there's these fires that are being lit every which direction. That prophecy about South and North Carolina being on fire that will cause that thing to go across the country, and then it's happening. You cannot sit home on Friday night. You can't. Please, you can't. There's nothing more. I mean, come. Ah, I just like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of busy. Yipes. Duh. Anyway, calm down. No manipulation control. Just, yeah, come. Be part of it. So um, I want to start tonight, uh, one, with just a couple of review cycles here. Let me ask the question. Is salvation, healing, and deliverance biblical for all believers? Give me a scripture that validates that. Okay, thank you, Katie. Another one? There's so many. Just give me one then. Yeah, that'd be good. How about, let's start with, let me give you, tell me the great commission that commands you to do healing, salvation, and deliverance. Mark, Gospel, chapter 16, right? Turn with me that. You should memorize this one. This is, it's not a suggestion. It's your Lord telling you, you will do this in the commission, right? So Mark 16, beginning in verse 6. Let's start in 15. Mark 16, 15. This is after the resurrection. Jesus connects with all of them, convinces them, I'm really alive, you know, walk through walls, and here I am, touch me, feel me, see me, eat with me. It's like, okay, we got it. Then he says, and he told them, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Everyone. Preach the good news. Actually, the King James says every creature. Have you ever preached to your cat or your dog? 
I would I don't know about them getting saved and all that, but I'm just it says every creature. So, you know. Of the human race. Well, okay, is amplified better than uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah, I, hey, what Billy Graham learned by preaching to the cows. I don't know if they got saved, but it worked, you know. So Peter, uh, we know that David sang to the sheep, right? So it's okay. Let, let me go on. I'm on track here. And they told, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. The miraculous signs will accompany. These miraculous signs, these, there's miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They will speak with new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. They will drink, if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. And they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking to them, he was taken up into heaven, sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand, and the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked with them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. So there's a scripture that, let's turn to Matthew 28, the other great commandment, commission. Matthew 28, and let's begin in verse 18. Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. All right, so salvation, healing, and deliverance, we've settled that. What's the Greek word that says salvation, healing, and deliverance? Sozo, what does it mean? All right, it's an action verb at Greek that tells you that. Um, remember, turn with in your manual. We're going to be exclusively in the manual tonight. There's more out there if you need to get one. Um, and module four, this is a review. The full gospel of Jesus. I was in many different churches, I think 12 or 13. I wasn't thrown out of all of them, but I was there at various times. And they didn't always teach the full gospel of Christ. This is the biblical basis of the full gospel. So on module four, one, and two, it gives you the Greek verb there that is interchangeably saved, healed, and delivered. And so when everyone says, and th these are words from Jesus, they're from Paul, and so that's the complete gospel. So we've settled that issue, right? Anyone listening by online, go to the scriptures, validate this. You will be held accountable to the Great Commission. And so... Okay, so let me ask um, Andrew, come on up, and as he's coming up, tell me the four steps of the salvation model. Somebody tell me the four steps. Uh, okay, interview, always, right? And that's fancy word for you're approaching someone, hi. And like, you know, Doug, are you saved? What do you mean, right? So what, uh, interview, what's the next one? Come on now. Don't make it too hard. You're going to lead someone to Christ. Hi, how are you? So there's an introduction, and then. I didn't hear it. Confession. 
Would you like to receive? Yes. Um, do you know Jesus? Well, I don't, I don't know. I had an exchange with my nephew from Baltimore about two and a half hours ago. He called me. He works as a fireman. He's a fireman for the Baltimore City. And uh, in the firehouse, they're on 24 hours. He's probably the only Christian in there, and he calls Uncle Tom regularly. He says, call me. I got some questions for you. Um, he's bombarded by his lieutenant and other firemen that are there, and they're asking him questions. And he's there as the light in the lighthouse. <laughs> And, giving, and he's getting armed up with scripture to go back and counter them. And they, they say, well, you know, we're of this faith. I won't, I won't embarrass anyone in that faith. And he's, they don't believe that Jesus is the Christ. And yet they believe in the higher power. And he says, there's only one higher power. And he says, well, we don't believe in the Bible. Well, let me give you the Bible to prove that the Bible says the Bible is who it is. Right, it's the inspired word of God, 2 Timothy 3.16. It's one of the 3.16 verses. All scripture is given by inspiration. Right? Well, we don't believe that. Well, what do you believe? Well, there's a higher power. Well, what higher power? I don't know. It's an opinion. Well, maybe you ought to look at science. Maybe you ought to go study the Dead Sea Scrolls. When they find all the books that validate the scripture that was written 2,000 years ago is the same scripture that's today. What do you believe? And she's, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, yeah. And she's going back. So, Lord, protect my nephew in the name of Jesus. So, okay, the interview. Then there's confession, repentance. What's next? Commitment. So now that I've confessed my sin, don't make this hard. Hi, how are you? Would you like to receive Jesus? Yes, or maybe. And okay, once you do, lead him into repentance, confession. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm ashamed. I'm guilted. You don't know what I've done. And then what do you do? Celebrate, Celebrate right? And then we end with what? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and filling the Holy Spirit house, right? What? It's so easy. Yeah. Yep. So there's three conditions to getting someone to that place, right? One, one plants, one waters, and one harvests. You may be in a planting phase, and that, man, I tried this farming deal. When you try to cut through ground, it is like, good. I remember planting, Sarah will remember this. I remember my tractor in New York. I had the disc on it. I went over this clay, I don't know, 200, 300 times. When you're in a planting mode, it is hard going. So it may be rejection. Okay, so Thursday night, the team's here, and Andrew and them go out. And it sounds like, first explain, what's a treasure hunt? Uh, a treasure hunt is where you uh, you ask the you stop pray ask the Holy Spirit to give you signs of where to go now, images numbers names things like that right in advance so Lord right. show us give us the breadcrumbs these are my language breadcrumbs we can follow so oh Walmart or uh, right. go gas right right and when you're there you'll see somebody with orange sneakers on really okay yeah. so you're looking around and go you know where's the orange <laughs> Yes, so I want to, I want to, before that happened, we came here to the church and Star was here and about, it was eight of us came here that night. And Only eight. Eight. Hmm. Okay. And so, but it was a wonderful eight. We, we had a great time. Wonderful Star eight. was leading. She had uh, share testimonies. And, uh, and so 
It was some incredible testimonies. Each person in the room testify of, of praying with people, and then and then and uh, and also having people recommit their life to Christ. Uh, we had uh, one one lady. It was Lori. Talked about the Lord gave her to the word Hannah three weeks before, and she was praying to pray for a Hannah, and then uh, and then all of a sudden she walks in the to the Publix, and there's a ha- old lady, 80 years old, that needs some help. She asked her. I know I'm sort of cutting this all short, but. And, uh, and she goes, what's your name? And she says, Hannah. So she had been praying for Hannah for three weeks. So God gives those words too. And those it's amazing to when, when you tell Hannah, I've been praying for you three weeks ago. Yeah. The Lord told me about you. It's like, right. really? <laughs> yeah. So yes, he's, gonna, he's given those out. So it was wonderful to hear. These are all testimonies locally too of what God is doing all around Wilmington. So, so we, we, we build, can build ourselves by, by our testimony. And so, overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. Amen. We love our life, not in death. So, anyways, we, we break up. Uh, everybody gets Walmart. We go to Walmart, and, uh, and I, I, Kevin and I partner up. Uh, and so, and now, everybody's met Kevin. He's been driving down from Richmond every Thursday. He, gets, he works at Amazon. He uh, gets off, drives down here. He helped actually put the tent up. He was there that first yep. week, put the tent up. He, he stays here two days, and then he goes back. So he Amazon. drives four hours to be in the revival. Right. Wow. Five. Okay. Right. So, so we partner up, and so we, we go, and uh, uh, we have our flyers, but we're trying to be sort of discreet so we don't have them open. We fold them. Uh, we don't get thrown out of Walmart. So, and, uh, and so um, we go in, and, uh, and so he's asking, well, what do, you, what do you think? I said, well, let's just ask the surrender, ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. And so we're, we're walking around, and I said, well, how do you, what do you normally do? And he says, well, I close my eyes. And I get images. I said, well, close your eyes. <laughs> so now this is a first for me. We've shared the gospel a lot, my wife and I, around the country and in Columbia. But we don't ever, we haven't got much out. I would like to get that. That would be something I'd like to get imparted. But, and ask so, for it. Yeah. That's right. Ask for it. And so Kevin goes, well, I'm getting shrimp. And so I said, okay, well, let's go to the shrimp section. So we walk over to the shrimp section. And then we wait right there. And he says, he closes his eyes. Close your eyes. He closes his eyes. I said, well, I'm getting uh, I'm getting Kelly, big name tag, and I said, okay, and so, uh, and then I'm getting uh, organ, organic, organ, like an organ, I said, okay, so he had a couple more words, and so we were standing there just waiting around, and he said, the Lord told us to wait right here, I said, okay, well, let's wait right here, so, so we're waiting, we're looking, and then here comes a gentleman over with his cart, and he's sort of looking at us back and forth, and we're looking, and he goes, what are you guys selling? <laughs> so we're not actually selling anything, but we'd like to talk to you. And so we end up talking to him. He's a believer, uh, and we asked if he'd like prayer, and he said yes for his family. So we prayed for his family, and then we walked around, and we had a couple of people say, no, I really don't want to talk. And, and, uh, and so we end up Rejected. over in housewares. This will be quick. So we end up in housewares, and uh, we walk, and I look up, and I see J22. And I'm like, this is weird, J22. Just two days ago, my son and I were in the other Walmart, and I looked down. We were walking to try to get, find something, and a J-22 was on the floor, and I put it up in the other Walmart. And so I'm like, this is, this is interesting. Coincidence, okay. huh? Yeah, coincidence. So, so, well, and then Kevin goes, well, I've been getting two all day. I said, okay, getting two, what? two, two, oh, two. Oh. So maybe that's two persons, you know, so. We walk around the corner, and there's two young men, maybe 21, 22, and they're looking sort of serious at the uh, cryo back bags. I don't know what was going on there, but I didn't get a really good feeling. So, uh, you know, and they're looking at it, and so I'm like, okay. So I said, do you mind if we ask you, uh, I said, hi, how are you doing? Interview. Interview. And I said, well, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? And so I said, no. So I get the paper out that uh, 
the questionnaire and I said, who was God to you? And then he, he gave me his answer. And then, uh, and then we went through the process of who is Jesus to you? Do you believe in heaven and hell? Um, do you know what sin? Have you ever sinned? Well, of course, they've sinned. And we talked about that. And it wasn't about 10 minutes later that they both received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I asked to receive it. So praise the Lord. And so, so I got to pray. I prayed with one. The other one, um, uh, he just sort of, he didn't say anything. He didn't repeat. He didn't pray. And so I looked and said, did you pray? And he said, no. He said, I was praying on my breath. I said, how about you just repeat the prayer with Kevin and pray with Kevin? So Kevin led him to the Lord. And then I prayed with other young man. And they were receptive? They were very receptive. Amen. And then we got their phone numbers. And yep. so... And so, um, so then after that, uh, we, uh, we, it's late, so we leave, we go home, and I get his number, and next morning I call him, I say, hey, meet me at the beach, we do a little worship down there, and so, at 7 in the morning, so he meets me down after there, and I said, well, let's go to McDonald's, he got there a little late, so we go to McDonald's, we sit down, and the one on Eastwood, and um, military cutoff, and so we're having our, you know, little breakfast sandwich and stuff, and we're talking about the Lord, we're talking about what God did last night, we're talking about you know, other testimonies, and, and we're to, I don't think we were talking loud, but we were, just, we were excited. We were sharing about the Lord. Well, two men were sitting two booths over, and the guy gets up, and he comes over, and he says, I am so excited that someone's talking about God in McDonald's. <laughs> and so I said, uh, I said, okay. He goes, my name is Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Kelly from the night before. And the guy over there, and so I'm the, I'm the pastor from Southside Baptist Church. And so, well, praise the Lord. And so we, we talked, and he says, and over here, Stephen, and he plays the organ. <laughs> so Kevin and I are looking at each other going, okay. Okay, where's so, the shrimp? Yeah, where's the shrimp at? <laughs> so, so we had a great time. I'm encouraging Man. them, and they were so excited. And so God had multiple things in that. Just from, yeah. you know, the word of knowledge. So Amen. praise God. Praise, praise God. God. Thank you, Lord. It's good. When we've done these treasure hunts before, when you sit down and you, as a group and you ask the Lord to give you a download, because he already knows who's in the intersect. And it's amazing when you pull out the sheet, because the orange sneakers was somebody I met in, in Walmart when my last, and I, I pull out and says, we were just praying, and you see the ball cap with the orange sneakers? That's what I was looking for, and that's what you're wearing. I didn't make this up. The Lord's got you in the target zone. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, uh, quick testimony. Um, I've had you know, contractors at the house. So this one contractor is just really a, a nice guy. I believe he's from another faith. And uh, we, it'd be hard to not figure out that our house and who we are. When you walk into our house, when the, before they put the sheetrock up, we had all the grandkids, and we had a... a uh, Chris, uh, scripture writing party on all the walls and uh, every room has got, you know, as you're going up the stairs, who can ascend the hill of the Lord is on the steps, you know. Like, so the contractors are all in there doing their thing. And so we have this effect on them. So this contractor's been there back and forth and um, every time he would swear, he'd apologize to me. <laughs> he goes, you know, and I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. So, so Sunday, we're in the tent getting ready for, for our uh, cookout and all that and the Lord just kind of said, he was going to do some works on Sunday morning. He doesn't go to church. He's, he says, I don't know if I'm a believer. My wife and I, I may be an atheist. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. My grandma was a Christian, but I, I don't know. I said, well, let me, so this is where I know he's not prepared to pray the sinner's prayer at this point. 
but I know about the planting thing. I said, and we now have established a relationship. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Would you like to know if God is real? I mean, wouldn't it be really good before the end of this journey you're on, if he's not real, why don't you just pray, God, if you're real, show me. If he's not real, no big skin off your nose, right? But if he is real and he shows you, wouldn't that be real? He goes, yeah. Yeah, I said, how many children you got? Four. So I said, okay, so would you pray? Can I pray for you? Yeah. And so he's opened that door, and now he called me today, actually. And he, I said, and by the way, will you pray for my granddaughter? Because, you know, she got shot in, da- in Dallas, Texas. And Are you a praying, man, now? He goes, I'm praying. So th- that, again, it's, it's the meet them where they are in the interview. Don't, you don't have to have a scalp hanging on your belt. This is the love, remember, it's all about love. It's about the love, and if you come at it with, I want you to know my Jesus, that will set the environment. Now, you get rejected, it's okay. Jesus said you're gonna get it, so, okay. So that's the salvation model. Um, Don't complicate it. Be yourself, and heirs. Oh, we're gonna run, hold on. We got people online that wanna hear. Yes, bring it to a pastor. Um, when we were in Spain at the uh, at place where in Battelle Ministries where we're ministering to drug addicts, prostitutes, when my team got up, we did a mass deliverance to 250 of them, some of the most hardcore stuff, and we had, I don't know, plus two hours plus of confession of some of the most wow things, right? And so part of that is, okay, you want someone to, to let go of their burden, and the Lord can, ha- can handle all of that. So just bring that to whoever your leader is at the point. We'll figure out where, what's the ministry, where are we at um, with that. Paul was a murderer. He, he ended up confessing it to Jesus. All right? Saul became Paul. So good question. If you run into something you're not sure of, don't, try, don't fake it. Don't try to handle it. Just get some help. That, that, that's part of what, or someone manifests and you've got a demonic situation going on and I, you don't feel comfortable get someone for help. That's why we, we always usually pair up two on two uh, with everyone. So, okay. Um, Pastor Terry, come on up here. I think you had a question for me. Yeah, I, 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 I've been praying for people. Now you got two microphones. I got two mics now. Wow, praise God. I've been praying for people. I'm getting kind of discouraged because they're just not getting healed like I want them to. They don't all get healed? No. So you want me to answer that? Well, yeah. I mean, I I want to feel good about it. But so you want to you want to stop praying for people? Well, it makes me want to stop. Okay. Because what good will it do? You got discouraged. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about the situation in Nepal when we took the bus up the river, and we got to the church. Oh. Oh. You didn't know I was going to ask you about that one. And you didn't have a translator. I didn't have a translator, and Tom asked everybody. All the ministry team come forward. Uh, nobody came forward for me. There was three in this line, and there was about three in that line, but none of them in front of me. So I, I waved at the guy in the end, and I asked him to come, and uh, he reluctantly, 
So you're struggling with rejection? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, I prayed for approximately 26 people and every one of them were healed. <laughs> so, okay, good question, Terry. So let me, let me try to unpack this. First of all, who's the healer? You sit down. Who's the healer? You're not God. All you are is we talk about when we're doing open heart surgery, the surgeon who's doing it, picture that as Jesus. He's the one. He's the surgeon. All we are is the glove on the surgeon's hands, right? If you like the difference with the shoes on his feet, you never, the gloves never tell the surgeon you're not doing the surgery right and you're doing the procedure differently. No. So once we get the mindset, all I am is an instrument in his hands. Leave the results to him. If he's called you into that place or he's given you that opportunity, then you minister. And I don't know if the statistics are correct, but I've heard more than 50% of the time, it's not an instantaneous healing, even though Friday night we had a bunch <laughs> as Ben was leading, right? So there's, okay, so, so there's, there are progressive healings that happen and take place. So we want to encourage the people we're praying for, if you're not instantly healed, don't give up on that one. I think it was Vanya who was telling me she'd been praying, every time I feel pain, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So Lord, yes, stretch your hands towards Vanya. Right now, Lord, we ask you to bring healing to her physically. She's been standing in that gap believing for Jesus, and you are Jehovah Rapha, her healer. So Lord, we thank you that you're going to magnify your healing in her body. It says in Romans 8, Verse 11, it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in Vanya and quickens her mortal body. So we command you to line up in the name of Jesus and be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. So just, hey, so what does that tell you? Sometimes when you're not healed right away, I remember praying for, is Julie done here? Julie's not. She came up with hips and I got not embarrassed, maybe discouraged. It's like, how many Sundays can I pray for Julie to get healed? And so I just, Lord, what's up with this? And so one day the Lord just said, tell her every time she walks and feels pain to just declare, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. She goes, Pastor, I did that. You wouldn't know how many times. I did that all day long. One morning she went to bed, got up, realized she's in the kitchen, and I don't have any pain. You ask Julie right now, she's never had a hip replacement. So what is that? I don't know how to explain that. All I know is the Lord said do it, therefore do it. So there's that, where's your faith test? That's the part. So this discouragement, you don't need to get discouraged. If you're delivering the mail and the mail comes to you and it's not what you want it to be, you don't beat up on the mailman. At least you shouldn't, right? Okay. All right. So don't get discouraged. Um, Let's turn now to the healing model. I think the way we're going to do this is I'm going to ask Brother Doug to come off the camera <laughs> and um, describe, I asked him to get permission from his wife about a healing that happened a few months ago and kind of unpack how this unfolded. Oh, I got one here, Doug. And you know Doug and Lisa, and Lisa's working tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Got her notes. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, orange sneakers. Are you saved? No, no, no. First off, I just want to say that 
My wife and I, we are extremely blessed and we are highly favored. <laughs> and tonight I'm exuberant. All right, this is, this is what my wife wrote down. And uh, she said, the healer is more important, greater than the healing. She said, November 2022, November 2020, a nine millimeter mass was found on her right kidney. A small renal cell something. I, I can't pronounce it. I'll spell it, C-R-C-I-N-O-M-A. Carcinoma. There we go, carcinoma. That's cancer. Everyone was praying. February 2021, CAT scan. Revealed mass was there, but had not gotten bigger. Everyone was praying. September 2021, went for an ultrasound. Mass could not be found. A second tech was called into the room after a very frustrating tech gave up and asked for backup. During this time of waiting, I had such peace and could hear God telling me to tell them what had happened. I told them very boldly that I had been healed. They said I would have to wait for the doctor to call to give her results. I know I was healed and I didn't need to hear from the doctor. But I thanked them and went on my way. Two to three weeks later, when the doctor's office called, I got to share it with them also. No evidence of disease. Prior to being healed, I told God he could do whatever he wanted to do with me if it would bring him glory. To walk through an illness, I would say God's will be done, not mine. I want you to know my wife, Lisa Henry, is the most powerful, God-fearing woman that I know, and I love her with all of my heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Doug. You imagine the tech, when Lisa told us the first time, she said the tech was trying so hard, I know it's here, we got evidence it's here, it's not here. And uh, yeah, they confirmed, then they brought the super tech in and they couldn't find it. And so, hey, praise God. So, when you, when you pull that apart, first of all, there was a, oh, someone's waving at me. Oh. No, okay. Um, yeah, praise God. Yes, Bishop. <laughs> so, I, I want to um, echo what Pastor said, the, the responsibility of Healing somebody is not on us. Yeah. It's on Jesus. Yeah. Because if we have that mindset, then it's the wrong perspective of our role. Yeah. We are carriers of the anointing, carriers of the prayer, carriers of the message. We leave the responsibility of the yeah. healing on Jesus. Yeah. 
But I'll be honest, it's very easy for us to feel that weight. Like I pray for somebody and nothing happened. Meanwhile, yeah. maybe you pray for somebody before and there was a healing. But this time, nothing happened. You keep praying. Yes. Thank you. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, there were about 19 different instances where individuals were mentioned, like Jairus or, or the blind Bartimaeus. About 12 of them, go and study it, did not have instant healing. Go and study it. That's the, in the ministry of Jesus Christ. So the concept of I prayed three, four, five times a year, two years, well, you know, that can wear us down. That's where we come to church to get refreshed and stay on the word of God. But don't carry that responsibility. Yeah, it's good. And once you get that locked in your heart, then you realize I'm just a carrier of the anointing. I'm doing the best that you told me to do, and, and then I leave the results to you. That's good. All right. Let's, uh, so let's turn now. We want to look at um, module 7.1. We're going to look at the healing module. And this is a big one because obviously healing takes all kinds of different uh, twists and turns as to how, first, we've already dealt with that you are commissioned to heal. So on page 7.1 of your handout, right, the wirebound manual, module 7.1, page 7.1, you're commissioned to heal. And again, here's some scriptures, biblically, Matthew 4, 23 at the top there, one example. Now, Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. Healing was part of the assignment to the 12. It was also given to the 72, remember that, in uh, Luke's gospel in chapter 10. So we see this in Matthew 10 there. Another scripture says, the 12 went out, commanded them, saying, you go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. Down a little further, and heal the sick. And who are they? And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you, Luke 10. So we see that. We already read in Mark 16 there at the bottom page. So what is the personal preparation Turn to page 7-2. Um, when you're about to do something that's really important in an assignment, it's kind of like what Andrew was saying on Thursday night. They came in preparation. They prayed. They asked for the assignment. Um, you want to be in a place of preparation of yourself. There's this, we've been talking about make sure there's no defilements in your life. If you've got open doors of sin, it's not a good place to be out there trying to minister in the midst of your own mess. You can open yourself up. So this is that place of preparation. If you got any issues with anyone, you might want to forgive. We tell people in the ministry team as part of the part where you'll see later when we go through the ministry agreement sheet at the end of this sessions, there's a place where you commit. Look, if I've got an issue going on right now, I've got an offense in my, my family, it's not a good place for me to be ministering. So when you're told to come and invite the ministry team to the front, come and pray. If that's where you are, you can excuse yourself. Don't put yourself in a position, I'm not in a good place to pray right now. Somebody ought to pray for me. Maybe I need to get on the line, right? So that's, don't let the pressure of that to be disqualified because you're not in a good place. We tell that to our worship teams as well. If you've had a rough week and you're not, don't try to get up there and lead people in worship if you need to be worshiped, you know, have worship done to yourself. At this point, I need to get free. You know, so is that making sense? Okay. So be aware. Um, and then, of course, the awareness, be, that whole uh, awareness of the room. Where are we? What's the leadership doing? It's, um, it can be really 
difficult if you're a leader and there's something going on from the stage and then you got ministry team members talking very loud, disrupting the flow. So be sensitive to what the Lord is doing at the moment. You can say, we're gonna pray for you, just, let's just wait, let's see what's happening right here. And you can follow, right? So pay attention to what's going on. Be aware of the, the room situations that's happening. If you see a member of a, that needs some backup, you back them up, right? Let me go pray. You see a man praying with a woman alone? Like, I think it's twice in the last Friday nights. Maria, where's Maria? She here? There she is. She just happened. I said, Maria, help, help. I got a woman who's starting to reveal some sexual stuff that's going on. I'm not going to be alone with that. So I called her over, and it was just a God set up. So, so be aware. Pay attention to what's going on in the environment. You're, you're ministering, but you're flowing with the whole picture of what the Holy Spirit's doing at the time. Amen? Because we're, we're playing as a team. We're on the Jesus team, right? And so, okay. And if there's a major manifestation, we'll talk about this as we do the deliverance side of it. We don't deliver. If someone is physically manifesting darkness, we don't want them embarrassed. We don't want everybody watching. We don't want pictures. To, so we'll take them to a quieter place. Now, when someone comes and says, the last two nights, it's not been Friday nights, it's been um, one of the saturated teams says, I've just prayed for someone, and they've got some issues. Can you help them? And we spent time. It was not deep. They were believers already. They'd just been baptized. They were in a place where I need some torment. I need some revelation of truth. So that was okay. It was more of a deep inner healing mission, uh, session than it was someone who's under the full influence of the demonic. So we'll talk more of that as we go forward. So your preparation, be flexible. It's the, remember the Todd Rickey example I used uh, last week where we flew in after 30 hours to Manaus, fallen asleep, Todd prays for the paraplegic who was shot through the spine, and he walks, he gets out of the wheelchair. It was like being flexible, Todd was saying, I'm falling asleep, I'm so tired, Lord, I wish you'd given me a headache case, but we're there, we're ministering in the midst of it, and God does one of the greatest miracles that we've witnessed for a paraplegic to get out of a chair and declare the glory of God in front of you, in your very eyes. And the four guys who carried him in, you talk about the impact of their lives and all the 70 people that are generally in their sphere. How many people got impacted by that miracle? It's amazing, right? Okay, page seven three um, is the five steps. And again, you'll notice the interview. How can I pray for you? Why are you here? Are you having pain? Um, where does the pain originate? Then you do the diagnoses, right? If someone, like if your child comes to you and says, I have pains, where are the pains? W what did you eat today? Um, are you feeling nauseous? You, know, it's your di you do this naturally, even with yourself. So you're diagnosing what's up, you know? Now, if somebody comes <laughs> and says, you know, they're there and, and you know, they come, I, I need, I, and it was the night, the first night in the tent, right? When Bruce came, he says, um, I need healing for, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, wow, yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't have to have a whole lot of diagnoses. He says, I, I need a hip replacement. And, well, let's pray for that. Praise God. Okay. So then once you've diagnosed, what is this? What am I praying for? Was it an, an injury from, an, from illness? Was it injury from an accident? Yeah, I had a motorcycle accident and broke my leg. My leg's shorter than the other, and I have not been able to walk properly for years. Okay. Right away, you're going to start to think, okay, how do I pray about this? He was injured in a motorcycle accident. Um, maybe there's some unforgiveness. Have you forgiven the guy who hit you? No. <laughs> I want to sue him. <laughs> 
Okay, well that, that could be a blocker to your healing, right? And so we don't want to get into a whole lot of um, maybe pastoral counseling at that moment, but are you willing to forgive? Because you could give him a scripture. Matthew says, Jesus said, if you forgive, you'll be forgiven. If you refuse to forgive, you won't be forgiven by the Father. And unforgiveness is a blocker. And so a lot of times the offense and the bitterness you've wrapped around the person who's hurt, wounded, or abused you is the very trap you put yourself in. And so when Jesus modeled this for us and hung on a cross and said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing right now. He's, he's minutes from his death, and he's asking the Father to forgive the crazy people that just killed him. And so he modeled that for us. So we have no, there's no conditionality to unforgiveness. Now, you can be angry and sin not, but if you're carrying unforgiveness, I'm telling you, if it's in your family, you will block the very presence of God that you're asking for because you've justified the unforgiveness, even of the abuse and the brokenness. And I know about this one, I'm telling you. When you've had a child murdered, I know about this one. So you've got to get to a place, and it's not an overnight deal. Sometimes it takes years to get to the place, I want to see this individual in heaven, God. That is not natural, and that is not humanly possible. It's only by God's grace. But it's, there's no conditions to unforgiveness. So if you've justified your unforgiveness, you need to get before God and deal with that because it can hurt a lot of what you're very asking for. So that doesn't mean we justify sin and brokenness and abuse or allow it. No, we don't. There are boundaries that goes there. There's a, that's a whole other teaching. But I just encourage you as you're thinking of the ministry selection, think about what could be blocking the healing process. One is unforgiveness. Witchcraft is another. Generational sin. So you can, when you're asking, they may come involved. Yeah, everybody in my family's had this thing happen to them. We all have heart disease and die before the age of 50. Really? So, so, so when, you, when they start to address to you generational sin or generational patterns of addiction in my family line, lawlessness in my family line, there's a place there where you can then say, well, let's pray. We're praying for heart conditions, heart, the curse that maybe there's a curse over your family line. You just said everybody in my family line, all the men under age 50 have all died of heart disease. And I'm real worried that that's going to happen to me. So we've got a spirit of fear. We've got an agreed-to curse. We have symptoms that are, we're not saying that, tr that didn't happen. It truly happened. He's reporting that, right? But that doesn't have to be the situation for you. Because the sins of the father can visit to the third and fourth generation. Exodus 20, Exodus 34. But he says, I will bless to a thousand generations those who love me. Right? So we don't live in the same, we're not of this world. We were from a different kingdom. We're citizens of another realm. So I don't have to live under the curse of this realm. Jesus hung on a cross for me and took that curse. So these, again, in the diagnosis, and you're listening and you're hearing, God, what, what tool do I need in that toolbox? Do I come against demonic realms? Do I come against unforgiveness, bitterness, generational? You're diagnosing as you're interchanging with the individual. Then you decide, well, this is the tool I need. When that person says, yeah, I got a lot of, let's just go back to the motorcycle. I remember praying for a guy, broken leg, motorcycle, and uh, we really need to forgive that guy, right? Yeah, I guess I can. I said, you don't have to feel like it. You don't even have to want to. You just have to commit to do it. Yeah. 
right? You will to do it. Even if, matter of fact, you need to violate a lot of your emotions a lot of these times. Okay? It's not about feelings. You mean I can't feel? Yes, you can. Jesus is a big feeler. But in this particular case, until your heart lines up with truth, you got to go there and just do what he said. That's called obedience. So then you select the ministry. Let's forgive the individual who ran into you, wasn't paying attention. Now you've had years of pain. And then let's pray. And then, wow, let's sit down. I remember when Todd White was here. Amazing. So he, how many legs grew out when Todd White was here, right? I was with him. I was checking him. He came in, and we were doing a, a City Quake, one of those the outreach to the city. Tom Rotolo were all here. And I was checking him into the Best Western. And we walk in with Todd, you know, dreadlocks and all. And Todd's like, yeah, wow. And so the guy behind the desk, before we even get checked in, he says, hey, man, you're having pain in your right leg, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, you had an accident, right? Yeah. He goes, I got pins all up and down my leg, and my one leg is shorter. Now, the boss man is standing next to this guy, and you can tell he's very uncomfortable. He's supposed to check him in. It's not time for ministry. It's time for doing business. Todd says, but I'm being checked in. So he's, he's being checked in. He says, well, come here, man. What happened? He goes, well, I fell out of a three-story building. I crushed this hip and leg. I got pins all up and down here, and this leg is shorter. Todd, Sit down here, man. Come out here. Come on in. And the boss man's like, what the heck is going on here? Todd sits him down, and I watch that leg grow out. And now he's like trying to compose himself like, so what room did you want? <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's like, ay, ay, ay. And so words of knowledge, we're going to deal with that maybe at the end of this session if we have time. Words of knowledge that give you information that God already knows that you're asking him to reveal to you so that you can then unlock in evangelism, power evangelism, what God wants to do. And so, so when we figured out the di- that diagnosis was he had a word of knowledge, he already was told by God, that guy's got pain in his right leg. I don't know all the reasons for it. I know you had an accident, so tell me about it. And it's like, are you like some kind of a psychic or something, man? You're freaking me out, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's called Jesus, and he knows about you. He loves you, actually. And Todd just does this, like, a natural flow of, like, and he's like, you don't know what to make of this guy. He's like, yeah, that's true, that's true. Would you like to be healed? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, man, so, okay, so the diagnosis, then picking the ministry, and then after that, it's such a door opener. God just healed you. Now, if he didn't heal you, it's Terry's example, if, he's, if he hasn't healed, the fact that you engaged with love is a witness and a testimony right there. Yeah. And sometimes I've seen our team members pray for people that are really sick, and I'm not kidding, four or five hours, team, tra- team exchanges. I remember a young child with, I think it was cerebral palsy in, in, in Brazil, Every team member, and we prayed for nights. They would take hours, an hour at a time, just praying, soaking, praying, soaking. We didn't see any manifestation of that. But the family felt the love of God like they have never felt before. And so, yeah, we went home. I remember, this one is in Randy's books. Um, I remember we were in Belém, Brazil, one of our, I think it was second or third trip. They're all running together now. But there was a particular woman who had no eyeball in her socket. I can't remember. I think it was her left eye. There was no There was no eyeball in the socket. And so people prayed for hours 
God, restore her sight, restore her. Creative miracle, do a creative miracle. We all went home, never saw the miracle, and then Randy got an email. The woman woke up, and there's an eyeball in her socket. Creative miracle. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, now, it's like, would have been really nice if we could have been there and seen it, but hey, it's, they know, they made the connection, and so, in the interview process, you're looking for what's the conditionality here. Then what is it in the diet? How should I approach this condition? Is it spiritual warfare? Is it commanding the, the joint to be healed? Like in Vanya's case, because we all know she's a believer already standing in that place. We just want to see the manifestation of it. Right? And so we knew that, so we just, that's a directive prayer. And you'll see throughout this thing, there are different approaches here. And then you do the ministry, and then the open door. What do you do with that? It's like, encourage them. If it's not healed, look, sometimes we don't see it all the way, so keep it. Here's another one as a, as a caution. We've had people lose their healing. Marlene, remember your friend? What was her name? Beth. Beth. Marlene came in here paralyzed on one side, all right? had been in a car accident, and we had intercessors here. I don't even know how you knew to come here. Physical therapist said, go to Global River and get prayed for. Physical therapist. Okay. All right. Comes in, and it happens to be like six intercessors that they're praying in tongues, and like, so they start praying for you. What happens? Well, what was happening to me was so overwhelming, I wasn't paying attention to what Beth was doing or feeling. So they were praying for me, and I thought this was the craziest thing I ever saw. Yeah. I, I never saw people pray like that. I just... Yeah, they were So wild. it was, it was an, uh, something that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And um, somebody here that was in that group had inadvertently touched my left side. And when she did that, I heard a very loud bone crack and I thought everybody could hear it but they told me later that they didn't and I was the only one who heard it and it was loud as anything <laughs> so when that happened I sort of my left side went completely limp and it was not uh, something that I did it was you know something actually very supernatural I had no control over my left side all I knew is that I was in a lot of pain, and that's why I was, well, that's why I say I was paralyzed, because it was so much pain on that side, I couldn't move. So we go ahead, and uh, when that happened, my head went down, and I started looking at my feet. And at that point, I saw this thing come out of my body. It was big, it was really dark, like, dark black. I've never seen anything so dark before, except the edges of it were a little bit lighter. It was sort of round, but it was rough edges. And it started drifting away from me. And it was going slowly. And the further it got away from my body, the less pain I felt. Until finally, it completely disappeared. And at that point, I was completely free. 
and I got up and I started jumping around. I, I have to show you what I did. I got up and I was like, I can move my arm. I, I can move my, what is, I was like astounded. I mean, I don't know how to even explain it. Like all of a sudden I, I got full rotation of my arm. I could, I could do whatever I want now, you know? It's like, so at that point, they stopped praying. They, start, they stopped praying in tongues. And they kind of moved away and I thought, this must be the end of it. I, they're not doing anything anymore. I'm like, I didn't know, I never seen this before. And they stood away and I said, okay, I guess this is it. I thanked them very much and I was leaving, <laughs> right? I didn't know what else to do. So I'm going out the door and I'm like, I don't need my cane. I'm not gonna order that wheelchair. I'm just like, just, that's the end of this. I'm not having anything to do with pain anymore. I was, I was like that for so many years. It was horrible. And I was just so glad that I wasn't. So I get in the car with Beth, and we're both out of breath. It was like we saw a ghost, literally. It was like. It was a demon, but go ahead. Did, did you see what I, yeah. Did, did you feel what, yeah. Like, what happened? She goes, I, I don't know, you go first. So I told her what happened to me. I said, what happened to you? She said, well, she said, the whole time they were praying over me, I felt this thing, and she was suffering from bladder cancer. She was given three months to live. So she said she felt something in her stomach, her bladder, vibrate to the point where it was actually dancing. I said, I didn't know anybody could feel their bladder before. I don't know how that feels. Dancing bladders, wow. A, a dancing bladder, right? Yeah. So I said, wow, that's, that's wild. I said, are you in pain anymore? She says, no, pain's gone. I was like, holy man, I, I gotta learn how to pray like that. The Catholics never taught me how to pray like that. I gotta learn how to pray like they know how to pray. <laughs> so that's why I've been, and that happened in 2005. And I've been coming here ever since, even, even on TV. <laughs> Amen. Now, so, one of the sad things happened is uh, her friend went to many, many doctors right. to find the cancer again. Right. Instead of embracing that. Right. And it came back and she died. Yeah, that God gave her another so year. My point, the point on that one is there are times you want to instruct them at times if you have received your healing, or even a partial healing. That's why when Ben Friday night was saying, Randy does this too, how many of you are 50% better? 80%, can we celebrate, Which is 50% good? You know, we went from a pain 10 to five, was that good? Yeah, well you can celebrate that. It's not fully manifested yet. So embrace that instead of, yeah, I still got my, watch what you say. You know, it's like, no, doctor said I got bladder cancer, so went to doctor, to find the bladder cancer. Instead of what Lisa did, I am healed. There is no carcinoma here, right? And so, so there's a place where you want to give them counsel that, hey, walk out your healing, confess that, believe it. He's Jehovah Rapha. And so if, and if a word of knowledge is given in the, in the place where you're meeting at, there's someone here and the Lord wants to heal this, and that's your condition, step out in faith and operate it. According to your faith, be it unto you. Right? The woman with the issue of blood. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Jesus says, virtue left me. There's a principle in the, in the law of faith. 
When it activates, it is not controlled. It's going to happen. It flows. It's just like put your tongue on the electric socket back there. Well, I don't believe I'll get zapped. Go ahead. Right? There's a principle there called Ohm's Law that will show you that, yes, and that's the law of faith. We're walking in this place of faith according to your faith. And Jesus said, I felt virtue leave me. Who touched me? Master, there's a whole bunch of people. No, no, who touched me? Yeah, so, okay, moving right along. Oh, more? Can, can I tell you what she told me? She, her daughter and my daughter are in the same class, and she had an appointment with a doctor in Nashville, Tennessee, the very next day after we had gotten prayed over. And she told me to have cust. She gave me papers to sign to have custody over her child if there was some, if she didn't come back or something should happen. So I, you know, gladly did that. I took the child in. I took care of the baby and everything. Brought her back in school, whatever. But. I kept in touch with Beth, and I, I called her up, and I said, Beth, how are your treatments going? Because this was supposed to be some new treatment for, can- for bladder cancer that, you know, it's not FDA approved. It's supposed to be really good, and she's, it's just an experimental, but she'll try anything. So I called her up, and I said, Beth, I said, how are your treatments going? And she said, oh, I'm so disgusted. I go, why? She says, if you knew all the paperwork that I brought with me, I brought every urine test, every uh, sonogram, every MRI, every blood test, every test you could possibly imagine. I've got books of doctor's letters and everything I brought with me to these doctors here. And do you know that these stupid people can't find my cancer? I said, Beth, you were healed. I was healed. She said, you're just as crazy as the rest of them. And she hung up on me, and she wouldn't be my friend anymore. So I just wanted to say that because there's consequences. She just wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. So so instruct them to walk in faith. Yeah, walk in faith. Walk it out according to your faith, be it unto you. So if you look, yeah. Sometimes you can have a sickness or a hurt and you've lived with it and communed with it for so long. It's so familiar yeah. that you don't want to give it up. Yeah. And, 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 and you just can't conceive of life without it. And that sounds like what we just heard. You know, the shock. Yeah, and thing. there's other conditions. We've had people that say, well, I'm on disability, so if I get healed, I'll lose my disability check. Oh. What? Okay. All right, moving right along. Page 7-3 kind of walks you through how you do the diagnoses, how you ministry select, you know, how long have you had the condition, um, what's been the cause, have you seen a doctor, uh, how long has this been going on, when did it start? So we walk through the next few pages of the module is in the diagnoses and give you some suggestion. Habitual sin, occult practices. Again, you're trying to find out what is it when, um, I think I shared this, it's in my book as well, <clears throat> When Anna Paula, the prostitute who came to us in the healing tent, the reason she came into the healing tent in Belém, Brazil, was she was having stomach disorders because in Macumba, they, they will eat food that's dedicated to the idol. So they got blood sacrifice food that they eat. And so her, her physical organ had been cursed. And so that's a, you want to know what that is because once we went through her prayer ministry and you deal with that, you say, would you like to renounce the witchcraft and all of the open doors you have 
of eating food dedicated, yes, I want to confess that as my sin. And I want to forgive my father and mother who pressed me into prostitution. So you, what you've done is you've unauthorized the darkness and you've confessed the sin that opened the door that brought the curse to your stomach. We've also seen prostitutes when their sexual organs have been cursed. And so you want to confess the sins of that and ask the Lord then to heal them. And once you've done that, then you, what you've done is you've unauthorized the entry point through their confession. And when the, so these are all examples that you'll, I'd really want you to read through them, get an idea so that you place yourself in a place where someone steps before you and you don't have to have the complete diagnoses and, you know, this is, you know, it's not, you know, the, the, it's, you're not going to be a medical doctor in this situation. You're trying to get enough information to pray on it. And so, and it'll depend. If you have only one person in front of you and you've got lots of time, spend the time. But if you've got like sometimes 70 deep in front of you, Lord, you got to do this. It's like Pastor Terry. I, he, I remember him. We, we go up this bus ride up into, the, up into this mountain church in Nepal. No translators. And I remember Terry going, and the guy would point to his head. Oh, pain in your head? In the name of Jesus, heal his head. Boom. Next. What's your problem? In the name of Jesus, heal the knee. Next. 40 of them. I think there's the most healed people we had on that trip. And so, so don't, don't get too crazy. Just let the Holy Spirit do the work. <laughs> Amen? Okay. Moving right along. Um, be gentle. Page 7-6. Some people come with really broken hearts, right? Be gentle. Keep your love on. And if you're dealing with someone that's got a lot of unbelief, like my spouse made me come here today and I'm up here because she told me I had to get prayer. Oh, okay. So she loves you. I guess, yeah. And so... Be sensitive. You know, don't give him a sermon. So, well, would you be happy if Jesus healed you? Yeah, I guess so. I said, okay, can I pray for you? Yeah, go ahead if you want to. It's not really a wide open door, right? <laughs> Jesus will work with that. He will like, woo-hoo. I remember, where were we? There was a... There was a woman that says, I don't believe in any of this business of the falling out and stuff. She says, I'm going up there. They are not knocking me down. <laughs> Boom! I was like, no! I was like, what happened? I don't know. It's real. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yay. I, so just, I just love how God does it. But be open. Don't be, um, don't, be, don't be harsh. Just be loving, okay? Come Holy Spirit. I love that. In step 7-7, uh, seven, seven, in that ministry, first, audibly ask the Holy Spirit to come. I love that, because Holy Spirit, we ask, first of all, you, and you might want to pray. Let me just pray for you. Let me pray for Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now. You know the situation. This person has come here. They've been in pain. Their heart's hurting. God, just by the fact that you're audibly speaking an invitation for that person communicates a whole bunch. To, again, it doesn't have to be more elaborate than that. It can be just... Come, Holy Spirit, help, help, help. Yeah. Especially when Todd gets the paraplegic guy, he's like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry to borrow your mic. You got the mic. Yeah. So I'm a kind of guy who, who you know, I wasn't raised in a Holy Spirit environment. 
but I was always open for God to do what he wanted to do with me. So I'll make a very long story short. I was under a music ministry with a gentleman who's out in Charlotte now, Brian Jones. His family really loved the Lord, and Brian got saved. He became our worship leader. And one thing he learned about Brian, he was like six foot six, North Carolina boy. If he asked you to do something, there was usually a reason. And he wasn't about mess. If he was serious, you wanted to kind of take it serious with him. So he went out to IHOP, and there he worked the soundboard. And then one day, on a prompting from God, I heard from God to go to IHOP with a friend of mine, Andy. And so we got on a plane, went to International House of Prayer, by the way. International House of Prayer, not pancakes. So International House of Prayer. I arrived to see Brian and his family who living off of only Jesus. And Brian was so excited to see me. And he said, Jim, come on over here. I want to show you the soundboard. I want to show you the, the, prayer, the prayer location we have. And he said, and this, we're having a prayer service this Friday night. And I was like, well, great. I suppose it's prayer services. I hop. That's all they do. And they had set up, and I'd like to encourage our church to possibly consider doing this. They set up little X's. They set up a dozen of them in the front of the church. And Brian said, I want you to sit right there. And he said, when they call for prayer, I want you to run up and get on one of those X's. He didn't say anything else. He just said, do that. And I knew Brian enough to say, I'm going to do that. And so when they called for prayer, I was lined up, man. I'm ready for God. So they said, close your eyes. So I closed my eyes. And he said, anybody wants to have an filling with the Holy Spirit, just ask God to come in and fill you. I said, all right, I'm going to do that. And I think I was so visibly shaken by what God did to me that for an entire, I would say, 30 minutes, I was a complete mess. Now, you all know me personally. You know I'm already a mess to begin with. But imagine this mess. We rebuke that. I mean, in a a smiling kind of way. But imagine me being just crying my eyes out. And I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because I was asking God to just stop. He was so infilling me that I could not handle what he was doing. And so I got reduced to my knees. Then I got reduced to my face. And then, and then they brought over prayer ministers to pray for me. And that it got twice as worse. <laughs> and I remember getting up after a half hour. I was the only person there. And I looked up off the ground, and it was completely wet. (laughs) And I thought to myself, this is the greatest thing I think God has ever done in my life. And I know, and that sounds terrible. You all have a tent, and you have people in ministry right now. So I challenge our church one night to consider that. Just have a location, bring out some chairs, bring out some X's, and ask people to come up. Ask God to come into their heart, infill them with the Holy Spirit if they've never seen it, and then have specific people come and pray for them. Amen. I just thought, you know, God told me to say that. And yeah. Thanks. Amen. And you're welcome to do, do that any Sunday. Come and get prayer. <laughs> Baptism. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wait for the X. So, <clears throat> um, 
And by the way, DL, I think it was DL Moody, go online and look at those who have been really impacted by Holy Spirit. I think we shared a few, probably about six weeks ago, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. DL Moody said, Lord, stay your hand, lest I die. Right? So I remember being with Randy, and when Randy got Randy Clark got baptized, he was so on fire. Even Tom Jones, who's his vice president of international missions, um, there was so much fire in his Lord. And Randy would go, more, Lord, no, Lord, no, they're going to kill me, you're going to kill me. And, uh, but the impact of their lives after that, um, and if you've read my book, that, that's my story, everything changed after that um, impartation. Okay, let's, let's look at page 7-9. Um, your prayers can be, you know, short, commanding, if you, depending on, again, the type of ministry that you're, you're um, ministering to. If, if you're dealing with a spirit, we, care, we shared a little bit about this, and you can read this in here, um, and actually recently had some folks, I was praying for a woman from another state, and when we started to pray for her about the, I won't divulge her situation, but um, she started to feel ice coming right up to her, from her feet to her knees, and that's part of a, a spirit of intimidation. The enemy's trying to divert the attention away. So it can manifest a pain. I've had someone recently I was praying for said the pain is moving. Right now I have a sharp pain in my body. So we're, what's happening is they've gone through confession, repentance. They're in that place. The devil's about to be found out. They can't hide anymore. You've stripped away the darkness. I had a woman recently came from another nation. When she comes to the tent two weeks ago and when she, she doesn't know anything about the church, she's never been here, but she's been invited, she's coming for prayer ministry, and when she walks by my office to go to the tent, parks her car and walks by, the demon says to her audibly, I know why you're here, and I don't like it. Walks by my office. She goes, so comes in for prayer ministry, she says, I heard the audible voice of the darkness, and it's been tormenting me, and her family structure, there, there were a lot of doors there, and so... The demons aren't always smart, and they, 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 she had spent the money to come and be, she'd been on a waiting list for months, and had been ministered, said, I'm coming, and I'm getting free from this mess, and the devil finds it, I don't like what you're doing, All right? Man, does she get set free. So spirit of infirmity or dark, it'll sometimes manifest. It'll come out and say, try to frighten you. I remember dealing with one in Brazil with a brand new a uh, Baptist believer who got baptized on that trip with us, holding the head of a person who was completely under demonic um, oppression. And when we started praying in tongues, turned to him in a perfectly English voice and said to him, when I come, in a male voice, this is a woman, when I come out, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill her. And then went back and he looked at me like, did you hear that? I said, yeah, Mark, but they lie all the time, right? <laughs> and so Mark is still alive. But what the point was, was an intimidation to derail the process, to bring fear. And so, so when that spirit of infirmity would start to move, that's an indication of there's a spirit, it's an infirm spirit, it's causing pain in the body, and as you lay hands on them, it may start to move. That's an indicator right away. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, that spirit of infirmity's got to come out. So pay attention to when you're diagnosing and when you're starting to pray, and then they can be short command prayers. You never, you're never nice to demons, right? You tell them what to do. 
right? Jesus, with the guy, even the Gadarenes, right? 6,000, 3,000, 6,000 demons, right? His demons had demons. He, they asked permission from Jesus to go into the pigs, right? So those are commanding prayers. In the name of Jesus, I command that pain to come out in Jesus' name. It's not like, well, pain, I really want you to go. No. No, you're authorized. Remember, we just read it. Matthew, I've, given, I've been given full power and authority. Now you go in my authority and cast out demons, heal the sick, lay hands on them, and they will recover. That's the commission. You've been commissioned, right? And so the example of that would be um, a police officer who stands out on College Road with the tractor trailers coming down there at 55 miles an hour, and he's got a badge, and he holds up his hand. Stop. Why do they stop? That tractor trailer's got all the power in the world. He's authority. He's been given dunamis, right? Dunamis power. Okay. Moving right along. Yipes. Okay. Inner healing. I want to just touch on this one in page 712. Because again, the emotional, when someone gets healed physically, that's awesome. But when a heart gets healed of emotional pain. And so we'll be talking more about next time words of knowledge and asking for prophetic revelation, words of knowledge. I was recently praying with Miss Addie for someone in the tent two Fridays ago. Uh, Shane called me over and said, this person, I just got baptized, but there's something more here. And so we started the interview process, and she started to reveal some of the brokenness from her family and uh, abandonment, and we just started praying healing over her heart, that God would heal the broken orphan spirit, and then boo-hoo, which is what she needed. I, she can't fix the condition of what's happened right now. You can't make somebody love you. You can't, they, they have their own free will. But God can heal your heart in the midst of it. You're not an orphan, even though you've been abandoned and your family's in drugs and brokenness and you're, you're so concerned about your brother who's in addiction and your mother's left. And We can't necessarily fix that. We can pray and intercede, but we can ask the Lord to give you the strength and heal your heart in the midst of it. And that's what she needed. I now have strength and hope for the day. I, you know, this is not mine to fix. God, I'm just going to be an intercessor. So inner healing, being sensitive. Listen to, watch, pray with your eyes open. So you don't get, Miss Addie shared this morning, getting smacked by a demon lady, right? We know um, that we're taught, close your eyes when you pray. But when you're doing, pray with your eyes open. Watch. Watch what's going on. Because you'll start to see conditions like, when all of a sudden they start, the one with Pat when we were in, uh, where's Pat? Okay, when we, we shared this morning a prayer when we were in um, Manchester, England, and the woman, he starts, came to the prayer line because she just had a double mastectomy and was asked for Pat to pray for her, and then it was like, okay, that is not a healing prayer. And we ended up bringing her to prayer ministry, and it was so glorious. Okay, so, Find out what it is. Keep your eyes open. Watch what's happening. Um, I'm unarmed. Okay, there you go. I know. Uh, yes, you're right. Correct. I you are always armed. Um, so actually, this past week, um, me and Ashley were actually in Kansas City, Yay. and just to point out what he was talking about with inner healing and words of knowledge, um, there was a gentleman walking up the stadium steps and 
I, the Lord highlighted him to me. I instantly knew that I was supposed to pray for him, but I had no clue. So I was stepping out on a limb um, and asking to pray for him. And the minute that I started introducing myself and asking him if I could pray over him, um, I could tell that he was already a believer, but I got a word of knowledge about um, his father and betrayal and abandonment. And so in that moment, that's kind of something sensitive to call out in front of somebody. And so I was just like, hey, yeah, so um, I, as I started praying, I felt like the Lord showed me that you've had some betrayal and abandonment from your father. And so he begins to like confess all this stuff. And I had somebody else there with me. I wasn't alone. Um, but he begins to confess all this stuff that happened with him and his father. And I won't go into what he said because it's not my place. But um, in that moment, originally, when I first started praying, I got that he had back pain. And I was like, is your back hurting? And he was like, yeah, I have two herniated discs and I can't hardly walk. Then the other stuff came about the betrayal. And so I start praying and he begins right there forgiving his father um, and confessing and all of that process. And he was healed. And then the person that's praying with me with him gets a word of knowledge about something with his mother. And he said, yeah, my mom died three days ago, but if she's already passed away, how can I forgive her? And I was like, the Lord knows. I said, all you have to do is forgive. And he was like, really? And so in that moment, he forgave his father and his mother and received total healing. So, yeah. So notice following the breadcrumbs remember as you're cooperating with the holy spirit the revelation god knows what he wants to do all we got to just like watch the landscape um so i want to land this thing in uh, 714 when do you stop praying how do you know when to to end praying for someone right some of it is well if they're completely healed <laughs> celebrate yay hallelujah it's like yeah um when the person says can we stop now? Or they, they're getting weary. Or um, the Holy Spirit tells you it's time to stop. So just like, and then, um, and if you're not given any other way to pray, just pray a blessing on them and encourage them. Thank you for coming. Encourage them to keep praying into the Spirit that the, the sometimes is a manifestation later of the complete healing. Don't lose your faith. Don't become discouraged. Jesus said, keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And so, encourage that. And just keep the love on. Love, love, love. Yeah, absolutely. Got this one. A couple different things there. Uh, I got healed back in, uh, from a back problem in 2000 when Randy Clark was here. One, you think, oh, well, Randy's got, you know. Got the anointing. Yeah. One of his interns came to pray for me. <laughs> but the atmosphere. But he prayed for me. For, I I've had back problems since I was a teenager at that point, and about 30, when I was 30, my legs went numb. Wow. And, uh, and then so now I'm, what, 40-something, 40 41, 42. And he prays for me, does the interview, prays about five minutes, stops you feeling anything, and uh, he prays about another five minutes and stops again and says, are you feeling anything? I said, well, maybe just a little bit. 
And so he started praying again. He prayed for about a minute, and he just turned around and walked away. And I said, no. I laid down on the floor and just started praying by myself. And in a matter of 30 seconds, my legs started shaking uncontrollably. Just sit there. A couple minutes, I got up. That's been 20-some years ago. My legs have never been numb again. Yay, God. Isn't this fun? See, the God is just equipping. The the first, the level of faith is in the room because you've heard testimonies. Revelation 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So as we, that's another thing why we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this next week, words of knowledge. When you get up and say, is there somebody here that has this condition or that condition? This is what you saw Ben do Friday night. So th- there's a word that comes out which releases faith in the room. The person says, that's my condition. And then, well, how many have been healed? Well, how many have been partially healed? Well, let's pray again. Let's pray again. So you can ask the person, do you feel any different? Yeah, maybe a little. Well, let's pray again. The Lord's doing something, right? Let's celebrate that. And so there's, it's not rocket science. This is part of allowing the presence of God to minister in the midst of it and just being the, the hands and feet that are doing it. So I'd like kind of as a last part of page 718, we'll summarize. So you have the initial interview Basically, what's going on with you? What's up? Why are you here? What, how can I pray? Then figuring out the diagnosis. Is this a commanding kind of prayer against darkness? Is it a forgiveness? Is it uh, a place where we, we, we ask the Lord to move mightily? And you don't have to have a lot of scriptures in your hand, but a few would help, right? Jesus is Jehovah Rapha. He went and healed many. And then whether it's command, petition, doing the actual ministry, and then completing the ministry, sealing it up. And if it's, uh, if it's an evangelistic, um, the person's not, the, the beautiful example of that, for here, those who were here for that first Friday night, what is that, four weeks ago now? When, uh, when Bruce, who's not even saved, right, gets healed, that opens the door to, gets baptized in water, filled with the Holy Spirit, confessing salvation, right? And I've heard, I don't have the, I'm, that he's now reconciled with family members. That was the last I heard. So, so God is so amazing, and he wants to do this. And that's, I'm real excited. I think we've had, Terry, did we announce about the signing on the sheet? We got, I think, 120 names. 120 names on the sheet. <clears throat> so, uh, let's hand those around. There's two of them. They're, they're exactly the same because we realize. Take, make sure the contact information is correct, that your phone number and email is correct, that your name is spelled right. Um, and let me just clarify. I really would like to encourage you to go with the, the Saturate team on a Thursday night to go out and be evan- do the evangelism training. You'll start to see the consistency of this. You start to use some of the models. You may be praying for someone in Walmart and they'll say, well, I got pain in my left knee. Ah, healing model. So then you get to try that out, right? And so, <clears throat> and then also go, go on the website and become an ambassador. Sign up as an ambassador to the Saturate team because I believe this is, go- we, we believe the prophetic words, right? Amen. We believe it. And we already know that there's almost, there's over, I think I asked Parker last week, there's over 800, could be 1,000 by now. He said he hadn't checked the website for who's gonna be here in July, 21, 22, 23, 24. 
when they capture, when Daniel and the team or Buckley captures online, some of what's happening, there will be people coming here that they may need to stop traffic on College Road to get them in here. And I'm going to need everyone who is qualified to be on deck to be able to minister, and then we will see the exponential power of what God will do. <clears throat> and so, just to clarify, just because you came to the training does not release you to be a ministry team member, right? There's more to this. We're probably going to take a little more than we thought. We're going to go into July, so um, I thought it was going to be four sessions, but we're going to want to take more time and um, get into the deliverance side of it, because that's what we're seeing more of on Friday nights. And when they put the flyer out, it says, you know, if you're suicidal, depressed, and broken, come here. Okay, so they're, com- they're, they're coming. And so, so it's, it's one thing when you deal with some of the darkness that we're seeing, I, I want you to be at least comfortable <coughs> with, I think I know how to handle this, right? So once you finish the training modules that we're doing, which I hope you're reading, keeping up with, don't just do it on Wednesdays, come and get read up in, in advance. I'd like you to read the, the, uh, the portion next week, module eight, that deals with words of knowledge. And then practice it, even this Sunday or Friday night. Um, say, Lord, can you give me a word of knowledge? I see that person, is there something you have for me? You're not authorized to go pray for them yet, but then as they get called on or something happens, you're paying attention, you're reading the landscape, right? And so I'd encourage you to, to go through the module training, read the modules, and then towards the end of this session, probably just before July 21st, um, we'll end up with a ministry agreement sheet, which you will go down and it'll ask you questions. Will you agree as a minister to keep your lifestyle aligned with Jesus? Will you be a tither? Will you show up on service on time? Um, <laughs> Uh, so, there's, it's like, will you be there as much as you can be when the doors are open? Because let's just say that you came to only one of these sessions, and then you missed the other three. You've missed what the Lord has been doing to equip you for whatever reason, right? And so, I'm going to preach this Sunday, the, the church is being made ready. And the Lord's been downloading some things about the readiness of all that. So, I encourage you to Stay in this. Stay engaged with it. I promise you, it'll be the most fun. It is really fun. When you see people get saved, I mean, how do you put even a price tag on that? It's like, it's so wonderful. Anyway, okay, let's stand. I want to pray for you before we leave. So we're going to pick up in module 8-1. Next week, we'll start out with you leading someone in a healing prayer. We'll break up in a group and we'll practice. So just get the five steps down, get the four steps, salvation miles. So Lord, I just want to pray for everyone who's here. I know we're, we're talking about and t- discussing and giving testimonies of things that some people have never heard before. And it's like, can this be real? Or is it, do I really want to be involved in this? And I don't know where you're at on this. But the Lord has an invitation, and I've given you already the scriptures about the commandments of the Great Commission. And he's raising up an army. He's raising up an army. He is equipping us for what he's going to do. He's already promised us that he's going to do it. So it's foolishness to see what's coming and not be prepared. In fact, 
I think it was Ben Franklin I read this morning who said, to not prepare is preparing to fail. So Lord, we just pray for revelation, knowledge, dreams, visions. I want to bind any spiritual darkness, witchcraft. We've had some examples of witchcraft, curses, vexes, hexes being projected. So we pray for Jesse and Parker and all the family, Shane, Victoria, Star, all of them. In Jesus' name, covering in the name of Jesus. We pray for all of the Global River families, extended families. You already know my... You know, stuff happens. My granddaughter was shot the other night. The bullet is still lodged in her hip. She had a blood transfusion yesterday. She's in a Dallas hospital. Praise God. Her fiance and her survived, and now they're wide open to prayer. Praise God. So it's not the way I would have selected to do it, but his ways are higher than my ways. And so, Lord, we just thank you that whatever the enemy tries, no weapon formed will prosper. Any tongue which has risen against you in judgment, we condemn the tongue, we forgive the individuals, but it will not prosper. In fact, it will backfire. So in the circumstances going on in any life here, financially, marriages, circumstances, children's, prodigals, sick, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, to release your power to break through, that we will see the anointing and the goodness of God in the land of the living, and we will not pull back. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, take a firm stand. Watch out. The devil seeks whom he's going to devour. You don't get any devouring rights here. In the name of Jesus, we bind every foul and unclean spirit. Your power is broken. Let them report up the chain of command. They have no authority. We can't touch them. They're too close to Jesus. Psalm 91, dwelling in the shelter and the shadowed place of the Most High. So we thank you, Lord. Release that anointing. Send angels to houses right now. Whatever the darkness tries to bring, they are foiled in Jesus' name. Do I get an amen? Amen. Praise God. Blessings. Blessings.